The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Navigating the journey called life doesn't get any easier as we move through it, but we can learn from what we have within us to make it more enjoyable in the long run. Welcome to Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Your host is Alexandra Janelli. In our program, we set out to provide you with the undiscovered wisdom within you to handle even life's bumpy spots. Now, here is the host, founder and practitioner of Theta Spring, Alexandra Janelli. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mental Sherpa Show. This is your host, Alexandra Janelli, owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis here in New York City. It's a pleasure to have you back. And as we always discuss at the beginning of each show, the mission of the Mental Sherpa Show is to really help people begin to build a better relationship with themselves so that they can begin to create a whole new way that they experience the world around them. And so over our last five shows, today being the sixth, we've really begun to work on the core of ourselves, to really begin to understand emotions and who we are and why we are the way we are. And we've even explored some really strong emotions like doubt and fear and beginning to really tap into how we begin to embrace these in a whole new way. And to understand that sometimes we're in a process and the process that we begin to go through in our lives can feel very uncomfortable, but it's these uncomfortable moments that really begin to define which way we choose to create the next steps in our path. And so while we sometimes can get strung up on anxiety and begin to worry, what we're really here to help you understand is that life doesn't always get easier but you truly begin to understand yourself better and you begin to operate with this whole different moral compass that helps you really navigate life. And so this leads me into what we're going to begin to talk about today, which is about owning and finding your own voice. And there can be so many voices that we hear each and every day in our own mind. If you sit quietly for a moment to just listen to the mental chatter that we all have, Some people will call it your opponent, the inner saboteur, the inner critic. Some people call it the devil. Call it what you want, but we all have this inner voice. And sometimes there's much louder inner voices. And then there's this really quiet voice, which can sometimes be much more of your passion versus the what you're supposed to do and should do. And so I brought with me today a wonderful guest named Tina Saremba, who is a voiceover actress and coach. And I actually met Tina through a colleague of mine. And when we started talking, what she does is so interesting that I had to ask, how do you even get into doing something like this? Because just like when people ask me, how do you even get into hypnotherapy? This is not something that you typically find on a college checklist of, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or, or an actor. But 
voiceover. And so I wanted to welcome today Tina here with me. Hello, Tina. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. It's great to be here. Wonderful. I was hoping you could begin to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then we'll break into what we're going to really, the meat of what it is that I thought was so empowering to bring you on today for. So just maybe a little background information on you and what you do. Sure. So, um, as mentioned, my name's Tina Zaremba, and I'm a professional talker, also known as a voiceover performer, and I'm also a voice coach. Excellent. Uh, yeah. And so tell us what it means to be a voiceover performer. You know, I can think of a thousand things, right? Like car- cartoon characters all the way to commercials. What is it that you do? Well, what I tell people I do is bring products and services to life through my words, through my voice. Amazing. And how did you tell us a little bit about how you found this career path? Gosh, it kind of found me. Thank goodness. Um, I had kind of like this two pronged parallel career thing going for a while where I was in the corporate world and for a very long time and it was horrible and ended up finding was suggested that I talk to someone who was a children's entertainer. I was like, I don't even know if I like kids and ended up talking to this person. And she said to me, actually, I make the bulk of my living through voiceovers. And I always thought of voiceovers as someone who has like a Kathleen Turner voice or James Earl Jones. Right. Kind of what comes to my mind when you say that is very much like Saturday Night Live, like someone doing impersonation of somebody else in some ways. Totally. But there's a whole group of people out there that are just everyday people who do the kind of Procter and Gamble commercials, which is kind of my focus, right? Um, and just the average Joes. So I thought, well, that's interesting, and I kind of dove into it, not really knowing what I was doing, and luckily, it stuck. So <laughs> you weren't always a voiceover performer, no. actor. What? Tell us a bit about you know you were always interested in acting from a young age, or Tell me about a little bit about your path that got you here, because what, what I think will be really interesting for my viewers to know is life kind of takes these funny turns and twists. and Yeah, right? It's not linear. Not yeah. at all. And we so want that. We so want that. Yeah. So tell us about your path, what you wanted to be as a kid and your path that got you here today. So I think that I always wanted to be in the arts and in the creative space, but never really knew how to get there. Right. And um, played it safe, you know, went to college, but then ended up leaving college and moving to New York. I was doing a play in Michigan, and the playwright was here in New York. And I got out here and then was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Because I was, like a lot of actors, spending more time waiting tables than, you know, auditioning or booking jobs. Right. So then through, I don't know if it was my family or our culture or my own fears, was like, okay, I've got to grow up now and got a corporate job and, but was miserable. And so had, was in the corporate world for over 10 years, but then fell into voiceovers and kind of had this double life going for a long time. Right. Tell me about sort of that. It's such an interesting parallel of what I'm supposed to do. I have to grow up, right? (sighs) Which would insinuate I'm acting like a kid, or what is the other flip side of like having to grow up? Well, what were you doing that made you feel that you weren't grown up? Not having a steady income. Okay. Um, 
not having a 401k. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know what a 401k was in my 20s, but yet I felt like I had to have that or retirement. Um, right. No. And I, it's funny because I work with so many 20-year-olds and everyone's like, I'm supposed to have it all figured out. It's almost like everyone comes out of college with this expectation of I have to have it figured out, right? As if I can't tell you how many people, the most interesting people don't even know what they want to do at 20. And some of the more interesting people don't know what they want to do at 45. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's this notion that we have to know. Yeah. My gosh, my son's five years old in kindergarten. And I, I, sometimes I look at things that are being said in the educational system. and I'm like, he's five. Uh, right. Let him be a kid. Right. No, it's so interesting because we always tell kids it's time to grow up, right? We almost formulate them and mold them to be these mini adults. Mm-hmm. And it, I do see when I'm working with 20 year olds, sometimes even 30, 40, I mean, everyone's like, I'm supposed to have it all figured out. And what it's sort of asking them, what does that all mean to have it figured out? Right. And but it, it does come down to those belief systems within the world of you're supposed to have a steady job, a steady income. There's oh, so home. many beliefs. Yep. Right, be married by 28, yeah, have the 2.5 kids. Totally. Yeah. And I didn't really, I was always kind of a late bloomer. So, I mean, I got married later. I had my son later. But I still had that and did not do things linear on a linear path. But right. still had that voice that it's like, okay, you should be doing this. You should be doing this. So, I mean, I slogged along for a long time. And actually, it was when I had my son five and a half years ago that really woke me up to how do I want Jack to grow up. What do I want? How do I want to be a model for him? Wow. Someone that's like, this is how it goes and slogging along or really right. living on purpose. So I love that you had that awareness within you of this doesn't feel right. So tell me about sort of corporate, corporate world, Tina. <laughs> My God. Um, Paint me a picture of her. Oh, very um, aware of everyone else how I was sounding, um, how I was looking. It felt like I was at a cocktail party without a drink. Like I just felt like everyone knew what to say and knew that they want, if they went here, then they were going to go here and then they were going to be VP and then they were going to get this office. And I just, I don't know if it's, I don't think that way or I wasn't meant to be in that space. Right. It's, it seems almost too boxed in thinking, which works for so many people. Right. Well, it's, it's safe. You know, it's an illusion that it's safe, though. Right. Tell me about that illusion that you sort of be because you bought into it, and and a lot of people do buy into it. Oh, totally. And I, that's not to say it's wrong, because it might be absolutely right. What we're here, you know, just so my listeners are clear, we're not here to sort of tell you what to do that this is the right path. This is just someone's story, and it might resonate with you on some level. And so, tell me, sort of that I, that mentality of. There is a safety in climbing the ladder and putting in the work and doing the hard work. and Yeah, and there was, you know, don't get me wrong, there was some real value. I've got a nice 401k now. Right. Uh, you know, I now know what that is. Right. Um, I was, uh, I went on maternity leave when I had my son. I learned Excel. I mean, I took the history of math in college because I stink at numbers. And I learned how to work Excel and managed revenue reports. Oh, hey, hey. Um, so there was – tell me your question again because I got no, lost that's in the okay. revenue this report. This idea of safety within a – safety of 
following that I should path. I should be in corporate world. I should be getting my 401k. There is safety to it for a lot of people. Yeah, and real value as well. I mean, you are able to provide for your family, and there's something to be said for that. Um, And the fact that I'm here in New York City, and it's a very expensive city, uh, it was nice. But then what happened for me was it started becoming more and more painful to go there. I mean, Mm -hmm. I joked with my friends that, you know, where's the light at the end of the cubicle here? And I was doing everything from putting crystals in my bra to, um, you know, reading every self-help book out there, just feeling like, oh, my God, this, this can't be all there is. Like, I did everything that I was supposed to do, and this is it. So there's almost this trade-off that happens that I see with a lot of people where it's the passion versus the payoff, Right where money can take you so far. Like there is that really reward system of getting a paycheck, knowing it's coming in. And then, you know, I have so many clients who are like, well, I guess I would stay at my job if they just paid me more. Mm -hmm. Even though there's so many things about the job that don't line up with their value system. And what's always interesting is as we talk it through, they'll get the raise. But then when we always end up back in the same place of I'm still unhappy. Well, and I think for me, it came down to really looking at it. It wasn't so much, oh, I'm settling. I'm not doing what I need to be doing, which is voiceovers. Right. It was really just accepting the fact that it's not about, it's not about booking the big campaign. I would love another voiceover campaign. It's not about, um, you know, becoming a director versus being a manager. It's for me, it was about something deeper. And that's what led me to finding my voice was really that hitting rock bottom and searching and asking those questions. How did you know when you were at rock bottom? Well, you know, that's funny because I met with a friend. I remember meeting with her saying, I've hit rock bottom. And then six months later going, no, this is really there's, there's even deeper. Yeah. Um, when I hit rock bottom was when I finally got to the point where I was saying to myself, I let go. I don't know. Yeah. And it's such a scary place to hit that rock bottom. And to not know. Because there's such, at least for me, a sense there was within my head of, you have to know, you have to know. Yep. Yeah, you do have to. And it, there, that is that mentality, these limiting belief systems. So tell me, when you hit rock bottom, you know, in high, when you're in rock bottom, right, there's a different experience that you're having versus when you look in hindsight. Tell me about the experience, right? First, it's like, I have to know. Tell me about that voice that happens when you're in rock bottom. Well, I think that rock bottom is actually better than when you're falling down because you're still resisting. When you hit rock bottom, there, at least for me, it was completely a, all right, I'm here. I don't know. I don't know. Right. So tell me about the fall then. Maybe that's the more important component of getting to rock bottom. Oh, the fall for me was resisting. No, no, no. I can't do voiceovers. It's time to grow up. I need to go get uh, a graduate certificate in learning and development. And that's where I'm focusing. And I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm going to move here. And I'm going to be here on the org chart within the company. I mean, just really kind of 
backwards. What felt backwards about it for you? Well, it was working from the outside in, right? Like I was looking at everything externally that would fix this feeling within that was fear, but really I think the message of I'm not enough. Yeah. So there, I love that you just even pointed that out, how there is this top layer voice and then this subconscious message that's coming through to you is I'm not enough. What is, so that's the fall for you, right? It's the, I have to look elsewhere. I have to find all these things. I have to do it this way. I have to figure it out. And then you hit rock bottom, right? You're resisting. What were you resisting the most? Not knowing or, you know, I remember when I would walk to work, I would see, and not that there's anything wrong with handing flyers out for a living. Yeah. I would see this guy handing flyers. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's me. It's so black and white thinking. It was like, it's either this or I'm going to be homeless on the street. Right. There's no, no room for gray in between there. Right, right. You sort of close yourself down with this like very myopic scope of how it's going to happen or not. And that's the anxiety. That's the fear. It yeah. tells a, they tell such a great story. And so once you hit rock bottom, the resistance sort of dissipates a mm-hmm. lot and you sort of hit the bottom and you ended up in this place where it's, I don't know. And you sort of embraced it is what I'm hearing. Totally. And embraced the fear. I, you know, for, I think the resistance too was really feeling this sense of not enoughness and uh, fear. Like I just didn't want to feel that. Yeah. You know, I'll go out for another happy hour. I'll um, go shopping and buy myself a pair of shoes just to get my mind off the fact that I'm completely numb here at this job. Yeah. Sort of not giving yourself that permission to say I'm not happy with mm-hmm. where I'm at and hearing all these different voices in your head sort of dictating what's going to happen or might happen or the right. shoulds, the woulds, the coulds, the have to, need tos, all that really fear-provoking energy. Yeah, and also I want to add it wasn't like voiceovers was the panacea for me right. where it fixed everything because for a long time – I would say, well, it has to be voiceovers. And I would, it was just this resist. It was almost like I was pushing against a wave versus riding the wave. Right. I have to do voiceovers. And boy, I mean, I had some really crappy auditions where it was just me doing the voice of what I thought a voiceover person should sound like and not being in that experience. Right. So it's... It's such a great thing to even begin to recognize that there is this, you hit this pivotal moment for you of this isn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And then you hit sort of that rock bottom place where you opened up to the idea of, I don't know. And this is where your path to really finding this passion and purpose began. And so when we come back from the break, what we're going to actually talk about is that passion inside you, the purpose, and sort of some of the inhibiting, limiting beliefs that came around for you that you began to notice and started breaking down as you found your voice. So when we come back from the break, we'll begin, we'll rejoin with Tina. And I just wanted to, again, say thank you for coming. Uh, This is Alexandra Janelli, your host on the Mental Sherpa Show, here with voiceover actress and coach Tina Zaremba. And you can always look up Tina on her website, which is tinazaremba.com. And we'll be right back.
Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment you are listening to metal sherpa by theta spring to reach alexandra janelli or her guest on today's program please call 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to a janelli at thetaspring.com now, back to the Mental Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Alexandra Janelli, your host on the Mental Sherpa Show. I'm joined here today with Tina Zaremba, who's a fabulous voiceover actress and coach who actually has been putting together a wonderful workshop that we actually are going to start collaborating as well on a workshop for Yay. actors and really beginning to understand your authentic self, which we'll talk about uh, in this third segment of the show. Before we left for break, we were talking a bit about Tina's path to finding what it is she really loves to do and the resistance that she hit on this parallel path of working in the corporate world and yet having this passion of what she really wanted to do and yet feeling on this subliminal level as well of, I need to grow up and I need to have my job and I need to have my 401k and the house and the 2.5 kids and I'm supposed to do it this way and really hitting this point in her life where she said, this is not working for me. This path that everyone says is supposed to happen the safe way or the corporate ladder way, it's not for me. And it brought her to this place where she is really enjoying what she does and really, as she said, finding her voice amongst all these different voices in our heads that we all have, right? The fear, the anxiety, the happy, the sad us. And before we went to break, we were about to break into just how you begin to really allow yourself and give yourself permission to fall from the parallel path on the top, which is the supposed to corporate path, 
and give yourself permission to fall into that passion path. Mm. And so I was telling, uh, talking with Tina a bit before about her passion and for voiceovers or, you know, that curiosity and that interest and where it came from for her. So maybe I'm going to pass the mic over to Tina to tell us a bit about where this passion started and how, because I think my viewers, everyone's like, how do I find passion and purpose? And we'll be talking about that next week with Mark Shaw. But maybe you could tell us a bit about where this little voice in your mind and your heart really <laughs> stemmed came from. from. Well, I believe that it stems from childhood. I was saying to you during the break that I've heard, I don't know who I heard this from, that if you want to find what your passion is and your path is, to think back to when you were five years old and what you did for play. And when I was five, I was playing that I was a performer and, you know, I was always in the school plays and performing and singing for my family. Um, So I think it grew from an early age. However, as I grew up, I started to, you know, push it down. Yeah. Why? Why did you push it down? What were you pushing it down for? Was it you? Was it someone else pushing it down? I think it's the messaging that we get from society and our culture. I mean, I grew up in a, for the most part, a pretty supportive household. I mean, I did get messaging at times of, oh my God, you know. (laughs) Right. What are you doing? (laughs) I know. I got that message. This is another one of Alex Janelli's like weird Totally. Career shift. She's going back for hypnotherapy. Okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now my family's just like, oh, that's Tina. Um, right. <laughs> right. And you're sort of owning that. Yeah, completely. That said, I think that hearing and taking in messages from the media or even like you look at our TV shows or our movies or magazines – People are, they're showing this idyllic image Mm -hmm. of how it should be. Right. How you should look. Right. It's like everyone thinks a relationship is this whirlwind romance. Yeah. And it's not like that. It can be. But it doesn't stay like that forever, typically. I grew up in the Midwest where it was, you know, you were nice and you did the safe thing. Or for the most part, people were very nice. They had that Midwestern demeanor. And I wanted to be that. That was kind of rewarded. I wanted to be that, but I also wanted to be kooky me as well. And I didn't know how to do both. When you were kooky you, mm-hmm. how is it received? How is it received now? Tell me, is there a difference between then and now? Well, I mean, I don't care as much anymore. It's kind of like, this is just who I am, like it or lump it. As I got older, and I can remember in my teenage years, just becoming aware, getting certain looks when you would do things that were different and not wanting that, not wanting to you know, stand out amongst the crowd. Right. And it happens a lot. Um, and I, I especially find when I'm working with performers, whether it's TV performers, Broadway, there's always this one moment where it they catch a glimpse of someone in the audience or a casting director and it sort of triggers them and it creates almost this like protective layer. And that, that is how the mind does restart associations and behaviors and patterns. It starts with this moment 
where we create this linkage of a look, a feeling to an experience. And we put a whole story there, right? And we create a story. And we try to understand it on a logical level versus there was just something very uncomfortable there that made me question something about myself. Yeah. Because we want to be protected. Kids don't need, kids don't have that deductive layer in, right? They're sort of fearless. Mm-hmm. They're much more willing to be themselves until something happens. And then you begin to build up these protective layers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it can, in so many ways, begin to formulate who we become in this fearful way, right? Like, I can't be the kooky me. Because mm-hmm. how, how will people receive that? And I have to fit into this mold of who people want me to be and expect me to be. Mm-hmm. But, there's also, but there is that desire deeper down to be you. Yeah. And I think that there's little messages too, that are even said, maybe, you know, whether it's through school teachers, I remember when I was a kid, I was, I mean, I'm very sensitive. I'm the cry. I can cry at any commercial. And, you know, I remember hearing a lot, well, toughen up. Don't be so sensitive. Like that was something. Right. As if there was something wrong Mm -hmm. to not be something that you're feeling rather than what would have changed that for you? Would it have been for them to at least acknowledge what you're feeling? Yeah. You know, it, now with my son, I'm very aware mm-hmm. when he gets upset and try, trying to catch myself. He can, you know, and little kids can react to something in this huge way to acknowledge what he's feeling. Yeah, right. I think that's big is to value where someone's at. Absolutely. And validate it. Absolutely, because it, it's it's perfectly normal, right? We're not saying your response is correct or incorrect, but it's your truth. And so tell me, you know, there is this inner feeling that comes up for you, right? That passion, that voice. Tell me about your finding your voice and really owning it, which is really what you, what we've sort of, Name the whole title of what we're doing today is owning your voice and finding your voice. Yes. I don't I feel that I completely always own my voice. It's a journey, right? And right. I continue, I'm continually learning how to own my voice. I will say my voice, or I look at my true voice is not, I used to think it was a voice that I would hear. I don't know. Maybe it would be like this greater than God voice that I would just hear or a little whisper. Right. For me, it's not that. It's a feeling and it's a knowing and a truth that just this calmness. And it's, I've discovered it through being quiet, through starting a ritual of meditating and much to my husband and son's chagrin chanting and Uh just stopping all the mental chatter and letting whatever is going on inside to percolate. Wow. And it's hard to do that sometimes, isn't it? To sort of just sit quietly and listen. Oh, yeah. We become so programmed, for lack of a better word, to really fix, understand, solve. We're doers. We're doers. And it becomes very tricky sometimes to just sit quietly and listen. Because if you do, and I always sort of have people in my office, I go, well, what is your mental chatter telling you right now? Don't judge it. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, observe it. Observe it. And so 
the more you begin to hear it, you can begin to sort of decipher how you want to interpret it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or not interpret it, just to be kind of a witness to it. Yeah. So when so I love that you sort of dis, what you're saying is that your voice not only is it something to be heard, but it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you become sort of aware and accustomed to this feeling? I had to allow myself to feel all the other feelings to get to this feeling, which is much, it's a, the only way I can describe it, it's a solid foundation for me. So the anxiety and the, the fear, I had to fully feel those feelings and continue to swim down, 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 down to the bottom of where it lives or resides within me. So in some ways, you know, it goes back to the image that comes to me at least is that sort of visual of falling right to that rock bottom place mm-hmm. where it's, it's, you're allowing yourself to feel the fear. You're allowing yourself to acknowledge it. You're not saying I accept you. It has to be this way. You're just, I hear you. I see you're there. You're in the space. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And to sort of get to that place where you can just let them quiet down. I think the fear comes up usually for a lot of clients is if I entertain those thoughts, they never go away. Or that's my voice. For me, a big right. thing was I struggled with anxiety and I was like, what if this is my voice? This anxious, you know, screaming Mimi. Right. And fun. I was just like, all right, Mildred. And I named her. Like, right. go, go for it. And just kind of observed this dialogue that was happening. And then it just subsided. Right. You create a space for it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to realize, wait, that's not how I truly feel. Mm -hmm. And you begin to tap into your passion. For me, also developing a ritual. So I mentioned that I do meditation. I know my husband's a big cyclist and or a runner running, just something where you're just maybe it's journaling every day doing it and allowing those screaming memes or whatever it is for you to be there. And then they just, they stop. Right. I, I think journaling is such a great thing for people to do. It really begins to take your thoughts out of your head and transfer them onto paper where we do say that it is an idiosyncratic like experience where it comes straight from the mind through the hand onto the paper. And you actually have, having done it before, it's amazing what comes out as you begin to go. Because if you do handwriting analysis, which is something we do, we do learn um, through hypnotherapy training from the school that you I went do. to. Yeah. So cool. If you take a blank piece of paper and yeah. you break it down into the top, middle, and bottom section, mm-hmm. as you go down, you're getting deeper into your subconscious thoughts. Oh, wow. And then, like, the handwriting will shift and change typically as you begin to go down. You're supposed to write in script because it's a much more fluid, cleaner. Um, but you can tell so much about what's going on in the mind through handwriting analysis. Um, if you buy into it. Not everyone does. Yeah. But, um, so journaling, if you go back to read it, it's always so interesting to read because you're going to read it and hear this voice. And once it's sort of you cleaned those voices out of the head, yes, you go back and you're like, wow, on some level, I must really believe this. But you have different eyes because you have a much clearer mind. I don't know. I was actually looking at some of my old journals going, oh, my gosh, if my grandchildren see this, they're going to be like, she was freaking crazy. Right. <laughs> right. You're like, better burn these. <laughs> I know. That's, I, I've, 
boxes filled with journals. Yeah. Julia Cameron, did you ever read The Artist's Way? I haven't. Oh, it's a great book. But she talks about doing morning pages. And I do something kind of similar where it's, but it's like what you say, it's just a brain dump of, oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm freaking right. scared. What am I going to do? Just getting it all, all out on paper. Right. You're creating that space for it. And then do you find that your true voice really comes out after that for you? In the sense of not, you know, I don't hear a voice, but there's a calm, a sense of I can now approach my day, tackle my day from a space of presence Mm -hmm. and power. Wow. And that's a very different place to approach. So it's almost like your whole experience of the world around you shifts. Big time, because what you're, what I find is you're now not the victim of everything that's happening around you. You're, you're empowered to make right. your own choices. And, you know, if we go back to episode two where we talked about energy levels, yeah. there is that, you know, when you're in the, when you're at the effect of things in your life, you typically fall into the victim or the fighter state where you're focused on all those things that are going wrong. And what needs to be fixed? And who's going to fight for me if I don't fight for myself? And, you know, but it's such a, it becomes the block itself. Where it's how do you begin to shift that energy, which is what I'm hearing that you did, is to look at it all from an opportunity, right? Like, I don't have to worry about my anxious self. I just need to make a space for them to be there. Mm -hmm. To scream and be that screaming Mimi and get it out to create this opportunity of, you know, maybe there's something they're trying to tell me to begin to open up the opportunity for you to really experience the world differently in this much better way or brighter way or easier way or empowering way. Yeah. It becomes much more fluid, right? And you're in flow with life and you're working with the energy, whatever you want to call it of life. It becomes like a partnership versus this resistance. Mm -hmm. It's hard, right? It's like hitting, it's like pushing, pulling it's like pushing on a door that is a pull open, right? It's yes. like, ah, uh, there's just, you can't. But I think sometimes, I don't know if your listeners feel this way, but for me, it was like, life has got to be hard. And if it's not hard, then it's not worth it. And if right. anything that you go after, you have to really, really work. Right. There has to be a struggle and there has to be a pain because that... Those are the stories they tell you, right? Yeah. And everyone has, and we all have our story. Suffer for your art. Right. And a lot of, it doesn't have to be that hard. You have to, but what you have to do is as enjoyment goes up, fear goes down. Mm-hmm. And it's how do you begin to tap into that enjoyment again, which I think you touched on so beautifully of having that curiosity and being sort of childlike again of, having that fun and an enjoyment. And so what I'd love to talk about when we come back from the break is how you've really embraced your voice and how it helps you in your career uh, now as the voiceover performer and coach. So when we come back from the break, that's what we'll talk about. And also some tips and tools for you guys uh, to take away and work with over the next week before our next show. So my name is Alexandra Janelli, your host at the Mental Sherpa Show with Tina Zaremba, voiceover actress and coach. Her website, if you want to check her out, is tinazaremba.com. We'll be right back.
It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Visit the Theta Spring Hypnosis Store to find out more about our home hypnosis programs and detox systems. Our hypnosis programs bring the power of our therapy to the comfort of your own home or on your mobile device. Our detox system has been formulated as the first ever mind and body detox. The Burn and Build Body 14-Day Anti-Aging Detox Kit is a food-based detox that has an optional subconscious support program. Stay committed and create sustainable change while cleansing your body. Visit Thetaspring.com forward slash store. We have a special 15% discount for our listeners. Use promo code VA15 at checkout. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. To reach Alexandra Janelli or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aginelli at thetaspring.com. Now, back to The Metal Sherpa Show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Alexandra Janelli on the Mental Sherpa Show, your host uh, and owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis and Coaching here in Manhattan. Today, we're working with Tina Zaremba, who is a voiceover actress and coach. Uh, We've been talking about her amazing story of really finding her passion and really owning her voice and what that means to own your voice. What Tina was telling us before is that Owning your voice doesn't always necessarily mean being loud and yelling and uh, telling people what to do and being a dictator, but it's a feeling that you get of really beginning to listen to what feels right and understanding yourself. And when you do do that, it, it really helps you engage with these other voices in your mind. Not that they're wrong, they're just, they're there. And to create space for embracing them so that you can begin to really just acknowledge them and let them pass to create space to really move forward into embracing the world in a new way with your voice and owning it. And so what we're going to talk about is now that she's found her voice, what she's doing with her voice, which is uh, voiceovers. And maybe, you know, for listeners who are just jumping in, you could tell them just what is a voiceover actress do? Yeah. My mom's still trying to figure that one out. Um, (laughs) So what I do is I now because of technology, I can work from home. So I have a studio at my home and people, my agents can send me copy, which is a script that I audition from at home, or I go out to casting offices here in New York 
and audition for usually a lot of commercials or spots that you hear on the internet now, um, narrations for shows that you may see on like the History Channel, that kind right. of thing. And I, and I would assume that even as my listeners are listening to the show, there are those commercial breaks between the segments yeah. that that is a voiceover performer doing the commercial segment. So totally. We could even have you do a commercial segment here for us. <laughs> The Theta Spring brand. Um, so tell us a bit about, you know, what it means. You know, you had mentioned before we went on break that when you find your voice and you really own it, you experience the world differently. And that, that in essence, is what we're trying to help people do on the Mental Sherpa show. And so tell us how you brought owning your voice into what it is you do in your career and your passion. I stopped making it so hard and just started having fun with it again and playing. And I also started trusting that I got this. Um, I became aware of what I was telling myself before I went into the booth to audition. And if you're telling yourself or even through the audition, like, geez, that really sucked. You're really not going to land then when the, the casting director says do a second take again. That's not effective right. fuel. I also developed a nice support network of females, friends, who back me. And that's been a lifesaver. Support such a key role in anything that you do. And it, it's really what we're going to talk about in one of the later episodes towards the end of the series is, you know, even with weight loss, how the people we love the most, despite what they think they're doing, can sometimes sabotage us the most. Oh, yeah. Um, that, right, it's like, Tina, you're acting weird, can even be an inhibitant for you to be you, even though it's not meant to do that. Right. It's how we interpret the messaging messages from around us as well. Absolutely. But I love that you're so in tune with your voices inside your mind, right? The mess. So tell us about, you walk into an audition, right? Yes. Your, your process has shifted a bit now that you're owning your voice more and more. Tell us about sort of what you noticed before and how that has shifted till now. I was constantly before mm-hmm. uh, pre-owning POV, pre-owning my voice or P-O-N-V. Yep. <laughs> Trying to figure out what do they want? What do they want? Kind of like years ago when I was dating and I really wanted to find the guy. I, you know, right. you act a certain way. You want this, you want that. And then you just let it go and then you find that person. Right. So with voiceovers, I did something similar. And then I was just like, all right, here I am. Like it or lump it. And I started trusting that I've got it. And I continued to be about the work. So I look now at my auditions is that's my job. The Mm. booking is just icing on the cake or cherry on top. Right. And you're having fun with it. Yeah. And my son, like I said earlier, was a huge part in that because I see how wide eyed and how much fun he has just being and fearless he is. And I do not want to be a model of someone who was, um, constricted and closed down. And I wanted to continue to encourage that. That playfulness. Mm -hmm. And it's when you do, what emotions aren't there for you? When you sort of allow yourself to embrace the joy of it all, what emotion quiets down the most? Well, let me just say, it doesn't mean that I 
I don't get nervous. My auditioning for a Campbell's soup campaign, and I know that they're going to do four commercials and they're going to be airing all the time. Right. I get nervous and scared, but I'm able to go, okay, we've got this. And it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. So the emotion of doubt, which I know you mm-hmm. covered. Yep, we did with episode four. Yeah, love that. Uh, that subsides. And I'm much more, I focus on being present and in the moment. So what I do is I do something physically. I'll touch the stand that has the copy on it. If I know the casting director or um, my agent has a booth director in his office that records all our auditions, I do some crazy ass shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you could swear. Um, Crazy stuff where I'll sing operetta before I go into the copy. And he's just looking at me like, oh, my gosh. Um, Take off my shoes and jump around. Right. So you just really let yourself be you. You walk into that room and you're just yourself. You know, and it, it, I love the parallel that you gave about dating, right? You show up kind of having to make it work, right? I need to be the person that they want to meet. I have to play this role. I have to, right? You, you show up very inauthentically because the truth is they're either going to like you for who you are or they're not. But wouldn't it be so much better to let them like you as you, as you rather than having to put this charade on to eventually go back to your your set point state and then them being disappointed from there. Yeah, because eventually uh, I I suspect that you, no matter who you are out there, is going to come forward. It's Absolutely. Just- we always resort back to our innate state. And so it's really, you know, for people need you, right? Like audi- like you're the actress. Oops, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um Casting directors need you just as much as you need them. And sometimes I think people forget that, right? You go for a job interview. They need you. Yeah. Our good friend, Aubrey, she and I had a great conversation about uh, knowing your value and owning that value. Because if you're aware of your value, that changes your energy within you too. When you're showing up at an audition, a job interview, going out on a date that you have something here that's value. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's helping people begin to find that too. So how did you get to a place where you were like, here's what I bring to the table? Because a lot of people get sort of caught up in what they don't bring to the table. Was that part, or maybe was that part of your process? I don't think consciously it was part of the process. I think I got really tired and exhausted. Right. Trying to figure out what everyone wanted that I was like, all right, I don't know what you want, but here's what I suspect. And I started trusting my gut. Here's what I want to do. Yeah. And that is part of finding your voice, right? It's the, I want, or I don't want. Mm-hmm. And sort of, so there is that really, that authentic, like, I like this. I don't like this. I can, or I can't. We call that sort of the anabolic talk anabolic energy being that restorative, that energizing. It's like, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. It's okay to not do it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really being authentic and impeccable with your words of, and genuine of like, I can do this or I can't do this. But to be very concise of what you want for yourself. And it's okay. To not always know either what you want for Definitely. yourself. Definitely. I don't know, which really brings up that ability to be curious. We had spoken about this actually yesterday before we recorded. 
is to yeah. be in that growth place. So as you fell to your, you know, rock bottom, bottom abyss. the abyss of the darkness of it all. I thought I was going to get sucked up. <laughs> you the know, dark hole. It can Whoa. happen. And sometimes the dark, it's how long do you stay in that dark place? Right. And what happens to you there? You know, most passions come out of a place of darkness. But there's a mentality that you created for yourself when you said, I don't know, which was really that ability to learn again. Yeah. And through that, I found that my, I guess you could say successes started emerging more and more. And I was like, there's something to this. There's something to this not knowing. There's something to having that beginner's mind when, you, when I pick up a piece of copy and I'm at an audition, I'm like, I don't know. And I don't try to give it a meaning right away. And I just read through it and I go, hmm. And so what is, if you could sort of begin to sum up your story and sort of in your hindsight, what you've, your takeaway for yourself of where you've been and where you've come to, what would you want my listeners to hear? What it doesn't you- have to be a struggle. Everyone has this, I think, imposter theory or imposter feeling going on inside of them. And then it's there. It's totally there. Your voice. And it's so unique. Everyone's voice is so unique. However that comes out, whether that's through writing, programming, coding. Right. Hypnotherapy, life coaching. Yeah. There's a million ways to live your life, right? Mm-hmm. But and maybe one of the tools is to think back to what you loved the most when you were five years old. Totally. Or journaling or going for a jog and just letting your mind go yeah. three. Clean, clean the mind out first. Yeah. Acknowledge those voices mm-hmm. to sort of get to the deeper one within you. And asking for help. I think that's the other thing that I felt like. Early, earlier, we were talking about having to know it all and be an expert. It was finally going, I don't know, and asking for help, whether that's more professional help or help with, you know, talking to friends, but being open to receiving. Right. And I think that's even transformed your path of what you're doing now, which is creating these classes for people to come and learn about what you do, which is amazing. So maybe you can tell, um, as we wrap up here, just people about what you're doing. So I have started, uh, something called VO 101, which is introductory voiceover workshops for anyone who's interested in playing behind the mic and voiceovers. And the first one is going to be in Michigan, on March 12th, and I'm doing another one with a talented voiceover performer named Beth Chaplin in Minneapolis in April. And then you and I. Yes. So Tina and I are going to be helping people really begin to find their voice and their authentic selves, right? Really getting to know like, who am I and what is my voice? That when you walk into an audition room, you just walk in feeling very, this is me, take it or leave it. But I'm bringing something to you. And what is that something? That's what we're going to begin to help people figure out and find is their voice. And so uh, you can learn more about Tina's workshop on her website, which is tinazaremba.com. Zaremba being spelled Z-A-R-E-M-B-A. 
So tinazaremba.com. Tina, it has been such a pleasure to have you here today. And it's been, I love that you've been so introspective and I, that helping yourself have an awareness first to embrace things and to just begin to listen differently to the, to the voices within your mind and to begin to really go, I don't have to pick that voice. Mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to that one. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't feel right. It mm-hmm. just feels like someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't have to listen. Just because your anxiety is telling you, like, don't do something or do something, doesn't mean you have to buy into it. Yeah. But just to Amen. say, hey, you're there. Yeah. But there is that voice, that quieter one, that when you begin to listen, you do begin to sort of reacclimate your hearing to it more and more, which gives you a lot more space to experience the world around you in this powerful way. And to really live freely in what it is you want to do versus yeah. don't want to do, right? Like voiceover versus corporate world. But you had to go through the corporate world to get to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. And so it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And um, you're just a total light in the world. So may Thank your voice you. shine more and more. My name is Alexandra with The Mental Sherpa Show owner and practitioner at Theta Spring Hypnosis. And we'll be joined next week with Mark Shaw, where we talk about passion and purpose and how to find it and what to do when you got it. Have a great day. Thank you again for tuning into Metal Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli hopes you'll join her for another edition next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a nice week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.